Well, hello, listeners. It's been a minute. Uh, we, we had a little bit of a hiatus there. Uh, there was a little bit of, uh, just to peel back the curtain here, uh, the three of us had to deal with some legal issues, you know, this pod and all of the, you know, when the numbers get this big, you know, we, you got to get out in front of these things. Um, but uh, here we are, three of us back, ready to talk Formula One. It's been a little while, so we are going to touch on the two races that we haven't had a chance to record, and that would be the Azerbaijan Grand Prix and the Canadian Grand Prix. And then, of course, we'll spend a little more time on the most recent one, that is the British Grand Prix. Um, with us, as always, the three of us, it's Griffo here, Jared Niders, and Gustav Alstrom drinking his water. Uh, if you don't see that on the video, hopefully that's not you're not slurping loudly that we'll have to edit that out. Excellent work. Um, I don't have any snarky thoughts. Also, you know, normally I would throw a question out uh, to, to kick this off. And, and so I'm just going to randomly throw that out right now. It's been three races now that we're kind of sitting on. What is your kind of highlight or big picture story that you're kind of simmering on right now uh, with the over the, the past few races? Jared? I don't care about it very much but it is, i guess it's something i notice is that the alpines are like doing pretty well they're fast enough to kind of be in the way and be in the mix but not fast enough to do anything really meaningful but they're consistently there which is you know you see them battling it out a little bit more with mercedes and that was a i think a trend over the last three races that i noticed battling it out in 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 multiple ways it seems right. Like it's a, you have a good way of bringing that up that somehow they're good enough to like affect things. They're right. not really getting in the, in the, you know, other than one sort of random due to happenstance, right. Alonzo uh, had a very good qualifying run. I don't even remember which qualifying race that was. Now I think that was Canada. Canada. Right? Yeah. Canada. Yeah. Yep. Second. Um, because of the rain and, and, you know, that kind of thing was actually able to pull off an amazing thing. Um, you know, very, he seemed very motivated that weekend as well, but, but clearly the car is decent. Right. And, and then the other thing that has happened, I'll just build on that point a little bit. We could talk about for a second is the, uh, the Alonzo train or the bus or whatever you want to call it. Right. Like he, he seems to get into this situation and this is another term that has, I've never heard before this season and that is the DRS train. Right. And so it's this phenomena of like the car is not fast enough to like catch up on people cars getting stacked up but somehow you know with the drs uh you know you can't quite get around each other i don't know what's going on but it seems like alonzo is always at a, at the front of these groups right yeah i think it's like what that means that he's got enough straight line speed that the cars behind with drs can't get around him but he's not gaining on anybody else in front so it just yep. becomes this like giant anchor in the middle of the field exactly um, exactly yeah. And, and something that he enjoys too, you know, it's oh, not yeah. just, it's not just, people. it's just not, it's not happening. It's, you know, by chance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, well, I guess in terms of my, uh, like thought kind of simmering from these last three races, uh, and maybe a little more Silverstone specific, but I'm kind of curious, can Mercedes race Ferrari going forward? Um, it seems like Red Bull, when they're, you know, up close, like at the end of that race, uh, you know, Checo with that straight line speed still could go right by. But 
there was some pretty interesting like actual racing between Lewis and the two Ferraris um, in Silverstone. And we'd seen that before in Spain. Um, so obviously the Mercedes is still like terrible on any track that isn't like perfectly smooth and built for F1 cars specifically. But on these other circuits, uh, it's exciting to see them getting closer and into the mix there a little bit. Um, but then you still have just generally across all the tracks, Red Bull is just on a completely different league um, when there's you know no reliability issues. And my thought that kind of pops into my head it concerns Ferrari. Ferrari seemed to have a lot of promise in the beginning. It it does not seem to be happening, and there's a lot of questioning of when it comes to the strategy. The cars are good; they they qualify well. But when it comes to the race day, there's a lot of questionable decisions. There's rumors, you know, you read in the media now, too, that there's apparently a chunk of Ferrari's crew may or may not have boycotted a podium because of their frustration with the situation. There's pictures of the team boss uh, and and Leclerc going out to dinner to maybe like try to smooth things out. Maybe that was an entirely photo op situation to calm things down and Leclerc actually still wants to stab him. I thought you were going to talk about that picture of the Bonato and Leclerc where Bonato's got his finger out, like wagging in his face. That one preceded the other one, right? (laughs) So, you know, I would not put it past that dinner out being completely fabricated and staged just to try to quell rumors. I don't think Leclerc is too happy right now with a lot of the stuff that's gone his way. And then you have, because when he's been, you know, not having reliability or strategy disasters, he's still driving absolutely at the top of his game and, you know, out in front of Max sometimes like in uh, Baku where he was leading the race before his engine blew up. And then obviously in Canada, he was doing that recovery drive, but um, you know, still seemed to be doing really well until he got held up in that DRS train situation a little bit there. So, you know, to me, it's uh, it, that that's my story right now that I'm, I'm intrigued by. And a lot, lot of racing left, a lot of races left, a lot of Grand Prix, Grands Prix this season. We'll see what happens with, with all of those things, right? Mercedes seems to be chipping away perhaps a little bit. Um, you know, mo- uh, and uh, I will use that as a, in a as a segue here to talk about results. You know, Azure Brazon, not going to talk about qualifying, but just the the, the finish, right? Verstappen wins. Perez got second. George Russell got third. That was a race where Ferrari had two DNFs. Not a good day for Ferrari there. The Canada Grand Prix, Verstappen wins. Carlos Sainz in second. Hamilton in third. Hamilton on the podium at the Canadian Grand Prix. Granted, that particular race, I think Hamilton getting there was a lot due to the rain and that sort of thing. Like he, you know, was able to to maximize uh, the situations and that sort of thing. But it also shows, I think maybe it gave him a little bit of motivation, a little fire in the belly, a little bit of, I mean, he was kind of down in the dumps. We talked about that at the last, uh, at, at the last show. Um, certainly his morale seemed down. Yeah, he seems to be on an upswing for sure. Because I think, I want to say that Lewis and George are now tied on podiums, both with three. I could be wrong on that. But prior to you know Canada, uh, George had three, Lewis had one. And his Lewis came from at the very beginning of the season. And George like outscored him in almost every race. Whereas obviously, uh, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but looking at Silverstone, there was one point where I genuinely thought he might win that race. Um so I think he's definitely hopefully had a big boost and can keep, uh, you know, fighting for these 
better results compared to before. Um, that said, it would have been interesting to see what George could have done in uh, Silverstone as well. So I'm looking forward to the coming races. I, I you guys might know, has uh, George Russell led any laps yet this season? I'm like that. You can think very, of? very confident in saying no. I, I didn't think so, but Hamilton has now led laps. You know, yeah. which is not something I probably would have guessed after the first three, three or four. An races. interesting stat though that I saw about Hamilton is that apparently this is his longest ever wind drought now uh, after Silverstone. Um, yep. Prior to this, he'd had a couple times where he'd had 10 races without a win, but he just hit 11 races without a win for the oh, first wow. time. So, um, yep. yeah. Yeah. I just heard that stat as well. It, that's fascinating. And I, you know, not to dwell on this too much, but having been a, a Formula One fan since around about 2000, 1999 or 2000, I still think of Hamilton as kind of this young guy. And it just, and then when we start talking these stats, it reminds me like, no, he is actually old. He is 30, what, seven, 38 years old. He's been here forever. He has won seven championships. He has won every, a race in every Grand Prix or in every season for how many years? Like, it's crazy. The stats are crazy. Um, but he's still, you know, for some reason, he still exudes an exuberance and a quality to me that does not he does not seem old right like you look at Kimi you know last season before he retired you look at Alonzo like these guys they carry themselves a little differently you know I don't know maybe it's the fashion maybe it's whatever I'm I'm going off on a tangent but uh my point here being uh, I think we're seeing a slightly revitalized Hamilton now after the last couple races and maybe there's stuff going on behind the scenes where he he has some hope now, like, Hey, we're going to get this porpoising thing figured out. We've got a plan. We're working on it. Yeah. I just a quick, uh, side note that kind of ties in there a little bit. Um, I also enjoyed this weekend seeing him get back into that little, uh, you know, him max fighting each other where he mentioned the Leclerc pass at cops, which I think was the same turn where max and him had that incident last year. And when you mentioned his age, that reminded me of Max's uh, kind of, you know, fight back quote from today, apparently, where he said yep. something along the lines of, oh, it's great to see that even at 37 years old, Lewis still can learn to hit the apex of a corner finally or something like that. Yeah. So in my, that my was look, a little throwback entertainment, I thought. I, I saw that quote today, too. That was uh, that was one of the better jabs I think I've heard coming of com, coming out of Max Verstappen. That was pretty funny. Well, yeah. let's let's do this quick. Uh, Azerbaijan. Uh, one to five oil rigs. You know what would you give that race if you can remember that race? I don't I mean, remember I much, say- so I'm going to say <laughs> like three, probably yeah. two and a half, three. I mean, I think it was fine, um, but yeah, it wasn't the best that I've seen for sure. I, I'm the same. Three, three oil rigs on that one. One highlight quickly was the Sebastian Vettel when he <sighs> was going for this uh, overtake on. I can't remember who it was. Maybe Alcon. Alcon. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he outbreaked himself, went off in the runoff, but immediately did that 180 spin uh, and then came back and probably only lost like, you know, three or four seconds or something compared to, you know, the normal 10, 15 where they have to reverse and stuff. Yeah, so. by far my favorite moment, probably, you know, probably one of my favorite moments of the season so far was seeing him do that. I mean, as soon as he went into the runoff, he just like popped the 180. Like, I don't know if he had like four feet behind the car, but he was like, I got enough room. Whipped it around, like pulls back into the intersection. Yuki Sonoda is coming up. He taps the brakes a little bit, lets Sonoda go by, gets back on him and then ends up passing both those guys later in the race. Right. Yeah. Yeah, He was, he was awesome. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. 
Um, Vettel just kind of consistently a highlight to me of this season. He's just, he's a cool dude. I also, three oil rigs. I love that track, the old city, the kind of dangerous uh, and ridiculousness of some of those corners. Um, that and, castle turn. Yeah. Yep. The crazy. castle turn. Uh, but it's fun. It's a good track. So, I mean, yeah, the architecture is incredible, huh? Yeah. Yeah. When I think when they first went there a few years ago, people were like, what really? But I think it's turned out into be, to be kind of a cool. Also addition. apparently six unique winners at that track every year. It's been somebody different. So that's kind of huh. cool. That's interesting. All right. So, and then moving on Canadian Grand Prix, out of five maple leaves, what would you give that one? Four. I thought the ending was pretty exciting with Carlos, maybe three and a half, when he was sitting on Max at the end there. And there was a couple times where I thought, you know, he did seem to be gaining, staying in that DRS. But, oh, yeah, yeah, obviously not enough in the end. No, no I abso- with- Yeah, yeah. I absolutely, for uh, anytime you have a rain situation over the weekend that affects qualifying and racing. I love that. It adds a new element to it, but those particularly those last few laps, uh, I don't remember how many laps it was, but you're absolutely right. Like it was like, God, could this happen? You know, is he going to set up? Is he trying to figure out what lap to try to make the pass? There was a lot of intrigue there. Yeah. He even dropped out of DRS for like a couple laps and then came back in and I was like, Oh, was he just, yeah, exactly. You're saying saving tires or something for a final push or charging the battery up more or something. Right. But, uh, yep. Um, so I was pretty happy, Jared. And, uh, yeah, say I agree spot on with both of you. It's for me, maple leaves for sure. And certainly that, like you said, it was more exciting because there was real racing at the end of the race, you know, with, I guess, signs on fresher tires. Right. And, you think, oh, is he going to make the pass? When you get like five laps of that, that makes for a better race. Yeah. Well, and speaking of racing and better racing, I'm just going to segue right into Silverstone. Um, well, I don't even know what the hell to to use as our uh, element of ranking. What uh, 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 queen Regnets? crowns? Okay, yeah, crowns, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so let's do crowns. Resigning prime ministers <laughs> in topical news, right? Uh, uh, bushy-headed, uh, flappy characters, right? But let's go with crowns. Out of five crowns, what would you rank? The, the, the it's got to be a five for me. I know I was saving them, but it was just a complete knockout. I I, I agree, hundred percent. I think it was the most entertaining race I can think of watching since I've started watching, there might've been the, there might've been stakes higher in certain races, you know, when it comes down to like a championship near the end or something like that. But from the pure front to back racing standpoint, you had, as you alluded to Gustav at one point, maybe four guys that could win the race still like that. That was all happening. You had like legitimately four guys that were like in position to pass each other. And, you know, there were passing. And then you had, stuff going on backwards, you know, Verstappen's battle kind of through the field, uh, in particular the, at the end with Mick Schumacher, <laughs> those guys were, the knives were out like they're, you know, yeah. for, for, uh, you know, uh, the, the difference Eighth of like one, or whatever it was, right, yeah. one point or whatever it was. Um, it was pretty exciting. And then just, you know, throughout the field. So, yeah, yeah I, I, my highlight of maybe all the F1 races I've seen in terms of like passing action was at the end there <laughs> when Lewis came by Checo <laughs> and Charles, like yeah, the double out of the, nowhere, you know, yeah, it was just crazy. And then lost it, you know, four corners later or whatever it was. But uh, yeah, it was just complete edge of your seat stuff uh, the whole race. So the thing um, I loved about that moment was that they, you know, you're focused so much on 
Checo and Leclerc, and then all of a sudden, like here comes uh, uh, yeah, Hamil- Hamilton, like right, and and everybody's like, oh yeah, he was back there the whole time, right? And, yeah, and they they you know they probably forgot about him too. And for a I second, mean, like the the amount of speed he carried through when he passed them, I was like, this guy's on like you know another planet compared to these guys. Because I think they were just fighting each other, you know, the yeah. two of them defending so hard. Yeah, and they and kind mi- of maybe forgot apex, about Hamilton yeah. for a second. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But obviously, yeah. Uh, I mean that, that little didn't stick. that little uh, exchange, you know, over those that little run was very reminiscent, uh, Jared, of like probably some cyclocross racing, right? Like where guys are like tangling each other, and then all of a sudden, you know, a dude from behind just right, right, blast but, by both of them. Yep. Like all right. Yep. Um, you know, and I think this is uh, generally speaking. I mean, I, I think. Uh, Silverstone is one of the, you know, beloved tracks. It's been around forever in some places would consider it the, the birth and the, the home of formula one. And there is some level of quality to that track that you don't see at other places that is lends itself to what we're talking about. It's wide. They have these flowy turns that where you have, you can set up like three turns ahead to get, you know, the the right entry and exit point on that fourth corner, you know, to get out and, uh, a lot of these guys have probably, you know, they're all, and we've seen the videos of guys literally with their eyes closed, like being able to, to, to do the track. Right. But I, I think they probably have put more time on that track than any other track, just because if they're going through, you know, F2 or any of the other feeder series, they probably have raced there multiple times as well. So there's something kind of special about, about that track. Yeah, it was cool to see Carlos, which, I mean, we haven't even mentioned yet that Carlos took his first win, uh, yeah, at Silverstone. And he, it was cool to see him, you know, expressing excitement about it, being at Silverstone, talking about how it's such a special track for him as well. And uh, that it was, yeah, extra meaningful to some extent for it to be at Silverstone rather than somewhere else. I, uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. That certainly was a highlight. And let's talk about the the, the, the final results there. And that is, of course, uh, uh, Perez with that win, his first win in it was over a hundred races, right? Um, don't remember that. Stat. Yeah. 150. I think it was his 150th race. So science, not press science. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, which is pretty crazy. And then the, uh, the, uh, what, what, geez, now I'm, I'm not sure what the, it was, was yeah, signs Perez, Perez Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh, I transposed that too. Yeah. And then Hamilton with that third place and, and he hard fought, as you said, at one point, potentially was looking like maybe he could make the pass to win that didn't happen, but really had to fight and, and get in, into that to hold that last position. And so with that, the standings now through, through the most recent Grand Prix Verstappen's at 181 points. Perez is at 147. Leclerc is at 138. And then Carlos signs in fourth, George Russell in fifth and Hamilton is in sixth. And those guys, uh, and then points drop off quite drastically after that. That's our, our, our situation. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up. You know, first win in 150 races, that's incredible. And I had not heard that, that, that there was meaningfulness to have that done at, at Silverstone for him. That's neat. Yeah. I also wanted to highlight another driver's exciting performance, which was Latifi making it into Q3 for the first time. Uh, especially also considering that they gave uh, Albin like the big, you know, upgraded car kind of copying Red Bull. Uh, so to then see Latifi take the, you know, the old spec version uh, and beat Alvin going to Q3 was kind of funny. 
Jared, any Latifi comments? Well, I mean, he's honestly, well, one, I think he was the last finisher though, right? Um, yeah, probably. And, 14 and, out but, of like 14 or whatever. But he had been driving a little bit better, it, What I, I guess maybe in Canada. But I Home guess, race. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just roll my eyes at him when I see him, you know, the last of the moving cars. You know, like the only people he's beating are DNFs. I've been in that situation, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess another one I would shout out maybe more seriously would be Mick getting his first points yeah. uh, and beating his teammate as well. So that was, uh, you know, I guess a nice performance to see from him. Um, although I guess we still, you know, remains to be seen what happens over the rest of the season, whether he can actually be you know, considered a serious talent going forward, I guess. Well, um, one one thing I'll bring up from from the British Grand Prix, there was a an incident uh, between Yuki Sonoda, you know, and bumping, crashing his teammate Pierre Gasly, right? And then it's come out today, I believe, in the news uh, as we're recording this, um, that uh, the the team has made him start working with like a, a psychologist to to deal with his anger and his temper. Um, which is pretty fascinating. Uh, one that that's just even happening, and two that um, they've actually acknowledged that in the uh, the media. You know that w- there was a level of that that was entertaining when it you know came to the the, the driver Where, audio that yeah. would come on, and you know I'm sure you know it's for the Netflix show. But at some point, it's like, geez, this is not going well, right? And um, yeah. I, I don't I don't know maybe if that needs to be addressed. Kind of situation I, there, yeah, right. And I don't well, know if that. Some point you got to be a professional and do the job, right? Yeah. Well, like, I think that's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say too, and I don't think that bodes well for his career. Like, we'll, we'll see how long. He, yeah, we'll yeah. see how long he's. I, I do, and, and I think probably my highlight, one of my highlights from Canada was him just blowing the exit of the pit and ending his race. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, he, you know, and he just accelerated too hard, missed the turn, went off, yeah, straight into the wall. And that's what caused that last safety car, right? For Carlos, uh, max battle there. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's an idiot. Well, speaking of safety cars, should we talk about the big red flag at the beginning of Silverstone? Yeah. That that was was a very interesting situation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, other than the, um, Roman Grosjean crash, that's the first time I've seen a crash where, you know, they didn't play a replay of, uh, of the incident for like, 20 minutes or something. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, I remember watching that being, you know, actually pretty concerned about, uh, you know, how, um, Joe was doing. It was, you know, now that we can see it, it was like amazing to see the footage, but even in the live footage, it didn't capture it at all. We just heard that he went upside down and, and, went off the track and then they would verbally say, and it looked like he went over a barrier, but you know, was protected from going into the grandstand, so to speak. And my assumption was like, well, they got the halo, right? Can't be that bad. We saw, I can't remember who it was last year, but you know, someone flipped over, right? Max and, and Hamilton came together actually, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I think Lance Stroll flipped over with the halo as well last year at some point. So it, at first, I'm like, gosh, this, this can't be that big of a deal. But then as they talked about it and, and you know, this is dragging on, it's like, gosh, you know, this this might not be good, but let's hope everything's fine. And and then, of course, everything's okay. And they showed the replay and 
it was unbelievable because this you couldn't understand the speed that was involved yeah. and it was like a rocket ship on top of just scooting across and then of course they've shown the footage later of you know either the top of the engine or or the the top of the the roll bar essentially just gouged uh several couple inch two three inch deep uh yeah trench into the tarmac which is and then that part failed as well they say that you know there's that air intake like kind of above the driver's head and above the halo which is supposed to be extra protection but that whole part eventually got like ground away or was you know gone basically at some point in that crash so his head was a lot closer to the ground than you know it technically is designed for i guess Mm. Mm. so that was crazy and i also thought another thing that i just didn't understand until they finally showed that replay was you know they said like oh like the marshals are having a hard time like helping him they're working in a very tight space yeah and i was like what you know what does that mean like yeah i guess like the halo makes it maybe a little harder to get to him but you know and then you see those photos after the fact where he's like wedged in between the two fences and i saw someone saying uh you know Thank God there wasn't a fire because they were on, you know, full fuel at the beginning right. of the race and everything. If there had been a fire, he would be dead 100%. Like, he was not getting out of that car, I don't think. so. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, and I suspect that was part of the reason, even if they're like, he's moving, whatever, he, he's radioed okay. The worst thing that could happen is they uh, have a camera on that and all of a sudden the fire goes up. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was. I'm sure for, for the one or two of you listening out there, you probably saw it, but the, the car hit a barrier, flipped, and just basically was stuck kind of on a side on its side. The car was on its side, but essentially between two, let's just say, barriers or walls, right? So it was really wedged in there. And I'm sure the the uh the stewards, the the race marshals came over and were just like, What the fuck do we do with this? Like, I mean, you know, they're not supposed to really like pull people out unless it's like really, really you know, I, there's so much protocol, yeah. but what's the protocol for that? Like, who knows? Don't forget, George Russell was directing them as well. So, which is, I'm glad you brought that up because you know he stopped, got out of his car, and was like trying to like tell people what to do. Apparently, which good <laughs> on George. He's a good guy. I saw some tweets where like, you know, George flipped over a cart when they were little kids. You know, some other racer got flipped over or something like he's a good guy but but then he tried to get in his car uh and and, and drive it back and drive it back and, and, yeah. and try to like get back into the race and, and then argued for a while like hey i i could have made it back you know i was checking on on my boy over there so uh, so but but that broke the streak of top five finishes uh because could, he had a dnf could he could his car have made it back though it seemed like there was possible because he wasn't he wasn't in the gravel he, right right he stopped it right Right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, with these. Did he just jump out because he saw? Did he really jump That's out? That's what because, he claims. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. And then he I tried think to get he back did. in. I think he did. Yeah. And, and these cars, you know, because that suspension is so stiff, one wheel's gone, they can absolutely drive on three wheels. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not the greatest, but they, he could have gotten around and gotten into the pit. Yeah, I saw there was like a Mercedes, you know, they do like a post-race debrief video on YouTube. And I think there was a question along those lines. And I think they said they were pretty confident that he likely could have potentially gotten it back. And then if they had, they would just have had to swap out some of that rear suspension and maybe put on a new floor if the floor dragged on the ground at all on the way back. But, you know, with how long that red flag was, it seemed like that was doable. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. And then what was interesting there at that start uh, Hamilton had an amazing start, right? Yeah. He, and made up fifth to third or something, right? Fifth yeah. to third in, in, in like one or two corners, whatever it was. Well, two, one corner, right? Because the, the crash essentially happened 
after the first corner. Yeah. yeah. And because of the, the nature of the, the, the crash that we just, just described, they had to red flag it. No, no question about that. Then there was some question, you know, on the commentary and certainly in my head was, well, what, what happens then? What happens to the field? The position changes in four and the one, I think the, the the fact is is because they did not make it around a lap that the red la- the red flag happened during that lap that the position changes don't count and then so that when they reset the grid to do the restart it was as if the grid started you know from the beginning in other forms of formula 1 or in in motorsports excuse me like IndyCar when the flag comes out the the they can they have timing and they will just freeze the field in that position and then they can do the restart there so i think that was interesting and and we'll see if that becomes a discussion point it certainly seems like no one really has complained too much about that it didn't go like i i had i mean it wasn't even that they didn't get to the first lap i mean they they crashed before they got to the first turn you know and i so i at, at least from what i understood there was you know, the fact that some of the, when the crash happened, some of those passes hadn't even yet been made. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I saw it, if they made it across the first sector, like timing point, then apparently no. they would have taken it from there. I but think you're about that yeah. before yeah. the first sector. Like that's why they went back, which, yeah, I mean, I agree that to some extent it's weird, but hopefully it's pretty rare that this happens. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think there's gonna be much uproar because the race was so exciting and everything else that, yeah. I, you know, until you mentioned it now, I'd forgotten all about and pl- that. And plenty uh, of race to still, they still had a full race to decide everything. And don't forget yeah. the, the start of that race you had, help me out, Leclerc on first, in first, right? He had qualified first? No, it was Carlos. Signs. Carlos signs first, Verstappen, Verstappen second. second. Signs was on medium compound tires. Verstappen was on soft there was no question that Verstappen was going to take him. It was just a question of, would it be like right away, the first corner, the second corner, all this stuff happens. They reset and Verstappen put mediums on, you know, so that, you know, through changed his yeah. strategy in the sense that, okay, I know I could jump them immediately with the softs. Now things are changing. I'm going to go with the medium and go for a longer stint. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and he Yuki didn't get his floor turn. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, say that again. Um, Gustav. No, I was saying, uh, yeah, that would have been a, a great plan until he ran over that piece of debris from, I think it was Yuki or I don't know who it was for sure, but one of, one of the alphas. Yeah. Yeah. And that just apparently exploded underneath his car and destroyed his entire floor. So, which we didn't know until after the race, we, we certainly, they suspected something was damaged because he was off pace, but, but mechanically all the sensors were like, everything's okay. And then afterwards, uh, you know, he's holding this piece of carbon fiber with the alpha logo on it. That That's funny. It, it was pretty funny. Right. Just, you know, like, Hey, come get your piece of your car that was stuck in my car. Right. Mm-hmm. Thanks yeah. sister team. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, let's see in that we, we hit all the highlights. Um, Oh, we ranked it. Yes. Uh, I, I guess, I don't know. Final thoughts. Any, any, any other final thoughts on Silverstone or just the last chunk in general? I would say two things. One signs is starting to perform up to, I think the preseason expectations after a tough start. 
and Hamilton is coming around. So huge improvements from those two drivers, I think. Yeah, that's exciting to see. And I guess I would just say I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to some more of these like purpose built tracks rather than the uh, street you know street circuits as cool as I think they are with the cars this year. It seems like the purpose built tracks are where the racing is you know a little more even. Um, we get to see Mercedes join that fight a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to see some more exciting action you know coming up in. I think we have Austria this weekend and then France pretty soon after that as well. So yeah, hoping for some more, yeah. On track battles. Well, that's a good segue. I was going to bring up the next race is the Austrian grand prix, uh, red bull ring, their home race. My probably favorite track to race on, uh, in, in, in sim racing, I've raced it a ton of times it's it's easy in some ways it's one of the more it's a little bit on the shorter side but but it's also very fun it's a it's a very neat atmosphere i mean that's one of the races i would love to go to someday just because it's kind of in this bowl stadium and and you know in austria right surrounded by mountains and stuff there is a bit of elevation change on it i don't know what the cars they, they what they're saying you know can predict in terms of uh, overtaking, uh, I believe there's two DRS zones on the track, but it's a fun track. And it's uh, to your point, Gustav, I think it's good racing. I do agree with what you were just saying. We've had a ton of these street courses so far. It seems like it's been kind of top heavy at this part of the season. You know, you got Miami, Monaco, Azerbaijan, Canada's like kind of a quasi um, street race as well. Saudi Arabia um, kind of street race yep exactly so um going into these flowy european f1 specific kind of tracks uh i think go i think it'll be fun i think it'll be interesting um hopefully that also helps with the porpoising issues and the, the, all the teams can continue to kind of mitigate that as they continue to try to figure out what to do with that and and we just get good racing yeah. Two quick I guess, final thoughts for me with that regard. Uh, one, I'll predict the winner. I'm like a hundred percent confident Max is going to take the, <laughs> take the dominant victory again, uh, probably for a sea of orange fans. So that'll be cool to see on TV. Um, but then I also saw uh, an article where there's apparently some, you know, technical directive thing going on where they're looking at some poor percent stuff again. Uh, and there's been a few different areas they're looking at, but one that, was interesting to me and I'm curious to see what happens going forward is they're talking about, uh, so on the bottom of the floor, there's something called the plank, right? Which is like this thing that they measure. And if too much of it's been like worn away, it's uh, literally a piece of wood that they've had. This has been on the cars for years, but it's designed to, to show how much wear it's basically a wear marker. And if you wear that out, you're like, okay, you're out of compliance now. Yeah. And often when she like sparks coming out of the back of the car, it's cause that thing is rubbing on the ground. Um, but apparently there's rumors and I mean, obviously this could be completely made up, but that a couple of the teams have like some kind of a floppy plank or something that allows it like flexes with the bouncing, the porpoising. And that's, what's allowing them to reduce their porpoising a lot. Um, and apparently a couple teams, one being Red Bull do not want there to be any changes made to this, uh, directive or whatever. And let me guess so. one team being Mercedes <laughs> wants some changes. Yeah. Big time <laughs> for sure. So, uh, I think and, it's and, interesting to see what happens with these like backroom politics around yeah. trying to ban porpoising, uh, or bring active suspension in. Um, 
And that's why, like, Hamilton today said, someone asked him about comments Horner's made, and he's like, ah, you know, I don't know. I don't listen to what that guy talks about. Like, there's this whole level of stuff going on between the the team directors and the technical people and the drivers. Like, whatever, man, just figure this stuff out. I just want to drive the car, and I don't want to be rattled around like a, you know, <laughs> nut in a can. <laughs> All right. Well, any final thoughts, Jared? I mean, I'm I'm excited to to see Max have a good race, but I want someone to race him. You know, yeah, it would bum me out that he wasn't in the mix at the end of uh, of what was it? Oh, Britain, New Great Britain this weekend. You know, it, just because all those great drivers were banging together. I hope there's a, a similar thing in Austria with Max there. Yeah. One last thing I'll say about Max is I have really enjoyed seeing him seem so much more chill this season than last year to some extent. Like, uh, I feel like, you know, he just seems to be having a lot of fun and isn't taking it too serious. I mean, he's obviously serious about it still, but just as even when he's had a bad weekend, he's still, you know, like whatever, that's fine. I'm still like, you know, won the vast majority of races this year and just making the most of, you know, having a great car and a good team behind him. Well, the one thing we didn't even talk about, which is in recent weeks, uh, is, is how he's his home life situation and, and what he's dealing with with his perhaps uh, future father-in-law and some comments that he that that uh, he has made a few times. His future father-in-law has um, he seems to be staying out of that, and you know made some comments a little bit. But uh, if that bring, can, me, you know, bring me up to speed, Eric, I, I, I didn't. You this. haven't heard about this. Um, Nelson, how do you say his last name? I'm going to PK, say it right. Nelson yeah, PK. Nelson PK, who was like a driver, I guess late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, like three-time champion or something. Yeah, uh, definitely up there in like um, the greats. Uh, said some very, very, very awful disparaging things about Lewis Hamilton over the last year. Not recently, but they've come out again. Uh, um, the word is now that F1 has banned him from – Jesus, the paddock, and you know he has issued some lukewarm apologies, and and we'll we'll see where this goes. Um, you know if they continue to dig up some stuff that he has said, this could get worse. But Verstappen is engaged or dating his daughter or PK's daughter, so you know, right? Yeah. Who is Daniel Kvyat's ex and Daniel Kvyat's <laughs> baby's mother? So Exciting. yeah, there's a little bit of drama in that life. Yeah, yeah. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. All right, so stay tuned. Uh, you know. Tour de France is going on, so we have to split our time between watching cycling, but we'll we'll be watching Formula One, and we'll be back after the Austri- uh, Austrian Grand Prix with, with all the usual fun and hijinks. Right, guys? All right. Yep. And we'll see you then. Thanks. <laughs>